Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the first Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
O God, the strength of all those who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without you, grant us the help of your grace, that in the keeping of your commandments we may please you both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book Genesis, chapter 3, beginning at the 8th verse. The man and the woman heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all cattle, and above all wild animals. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is written in the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. Since we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I believed and so I spoke, we too believe and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, because we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. The crowd came together again so that Jesus and his companions could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for people were saying, He is beside himself. 
And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. And he called them to him, and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting about him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around on those who sat about him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have spent the whole of my adult life reading and reflecting on the Bible and have been preaching on it regularly for about 36 years. And interestingly, the more I do so, the more firmly convinced I am that Scripture truly is the living Word of God. There will always be some passages within it that remain baffling and resist easy interpretation. But for the, most part, for the most part, even the most familiar texts continue to speak to me in new ways, however often I return to them. To speak of the Bible as the living word of God is a very different thing, however, from regarding it as simple historical fact, despite what some of our more fundamentalist Christian brothers and sisters assume. Take, for example, our first reading this morning from the book of Genesis, which describes the fate of Adam and Eve after that fateful incident involving the piece of fruit. Was the incident that it describes historical, in the sense that had any of us happened to be there with an iPhone, we could have filmed it? No, of course it wasn't because what it describes is something that is far more important and far more significant than that. Indeed, on this issue, I stand solidly with one of the most distinguished biblical scholars of our own day, John Dominic Crossan, who wrote this. My point is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically 
and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. Or, to put it another way, what we encounter in the early chapters of Genesis is something far more profound than mere human history, because it provides us with an extraordinary window on some of the most timeless truths of human existence, truths that no single incident from the past, however earth-shatteringly significant, could even come close to encapsulating. So, let us revisit that familiar story of the first man and first woman told in Genesis chapters 2 and 3 in that light. What do we find? The story begins with an account of creation which reveals God's intention for our world, for living species, and for the role of humankind within it. The life for which we were created a life in which human beings lived in harmony with the natural world, with the animal kingdom, with one another, and with God. It is a life in which they had everything they could possibly want or need in abundance, in an existence marked by peace and tranquility. And what brings all of this crashing down to be lost forever is something so recognisably human that it is startling in its insight. Because in the midst of all this joy and peace and abundance, in a life in which there is no anxiety, no fear, no regret and no shame, enters a small subversive voice. In the story, it is attributed to the serpent. But it is a voice that I am sure will be familiar to many of us in the different guises that it takes. It is the voice that says to us, just think, you could have even more than this. Just think, someone is preventing you from having it. Just think, what harm could it do? After all, it's only a piece of fruit or whatever the equivalent is. And in reaching out to seize the extra that they do not need, not only do they lose everything that they already have, but in that moment fail to recognize and appreciate, but they are also plunged into an existence characterized by concealment and shame and guilt and accusation and mistrust. A life spent in unity and harmony is suddenly torn apart from the very roots not only are human relationships sundered, but the relationships that human beings have with the natural world and with God. The earth will no longer give of its bounty freely without human toil. And in time, human beings will abuse and desecrate the natural world that was once integral to their existence in a quite different way. The die was cast. What this story does brilliantly and insightfully is to give us a compelling account of why it is that within a divinely created and ordered universe, the gift of a God of goodness and love, there are forces of disorder and chaos at work, even at the level of the individual human life. And the fault lines of separation and disunity are at work between nations, within societies, 
within communities, within families, and within the human heart. That is a grim fact of human existence, which confronts us every single day in some form or other. And I'm sure that we all recognize the truth embedded within the heart of that story, that in reaching out for more than we need, we can end up losing even what we have. During lockdown, I read a biography of the artist Stanley Spencer, who is well known to have had quite a complicated personal life. He ended up wanting to be married to two women, having to support each of them, yet, in effect, losing them both. One of his exhibition curators wrote, Spencer had wanted two wives, the spiritual support of his first wife, Hilda, and carefree excitement from his second wife, Patricia. But effectively, he ended up with none. It is a human story that has had countless manifestations throughout the centuries. As most of you will be aware, we do not select the readings that we use at these services each week because we prefer to pr follow the prescribed readings set by the Church of England lectionary. I have to say I much prefer it that way because I don't choose the biblical passages that I have to preach on, which is a much, much better discipline for preaching. And I'm often fascinated to see the particular readings that are juxtaposed for a given service by the lectionary. Interestingly enough, in our gospel reading today from St. Mark, we see a really good illustration of the forces of disunity that I've been describing even within the family of Jesus himself. Not only have the scribes and the religious authorities turned against Jesus, accusing him of being out of his mind and possessed by the prince of demons, but we are also told that his own family have come to seize him. For the most part, Jesus did not actually bring peace and tranquility with him during his ministry, rather the opposite. Because by exposing the hidden fault lines that are at work within communities, within relationships, and within individual human beings, Jesus gives the appearance of creating even more divisions than were previously apparent. But note also what happens next. Because in the very same incident, we see, in addition how Jesus refuses to collude with the conventional categories within society that separate us from them. Who are my mother and my brothers? You are my mother and my brothers. Jesus, by his lived example, is already pointing us towards a different way of living, in which society's unspoken assumptions about the distinctions that separate clean and unclean, the respectable and the disreputable, the holy and the ungodly, simply crumble away. Because ultimately, all that Jesus sees and the only thing that concerns him are hurting, damaged, broken, and frightened human beings who are in need of the healing love of God, and alongside them, the arrogant and the proud who have separated themselves from that love. 
We see Jesus living this out in his earthly ministry, but that in itself is merely a pointer to a far more significant and powerful reality. Because through Christ's sacrificial death and his resurrection, what becomes available to us is not merely a model for us to emulate, but a new and transformed way of being that is ours for all eternity. That is why St. Paul, in our second reading from 2 Corinthians, encourages the members of that young Christian community not to lose heart. The Christian faith is not an insurance policy against bad things happening to you, nor does it bring with it the promise of a comfortable and easy life, because we are called to live out that faith in the world, a world that is still torn apart by the forces of division and chaos. That is the reality that we inhabit. But what it does bring is twofold. Firstly, a perspective on the reality of life that enables us to see beyond the darkness and to speak with authority on the hope that will get us through and bring healing in its wake. And secondly, the knowledge that God's Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to support us and to comfort us as we strive to become bearers of light in our own small part of God's wonderful but broken world. For, as St Paul writes, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For that reason, we do not lose heart. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. 
The response to the bidding, Lord for the years, is, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we thank you for bringing us together and ask you to hear the prayers we offer. We pray for Her Majesty the Queen and give thanks for her enduring service to this country and the Commonwealth. For Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, and for all who have made it possible for us to join in this act of worship. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. As restrictions are gradually eased and we can once again be with family and friends, help us to act responsibly so that we do not endure the pain and suffering of a further outbreak of a variant of COVID-19. God of the nations, we pray for peace and harmony among the nations of our fragile and troubled world. Heal that which is damaged and unite that which is torn apart. We pray for all who work in the world of journalism. Keep them safe as they strive to bring us the news, especially those who risk their lives in lands far away. Lord of light, you take us through deep waters but never abandon us in the storm. We walk in darkness, but you never leave us without light. Be with us in our daily waking, so that we may keep faith with each other, as you have kept faith with us. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of compassion, we bring before you all who are experiencing difficult times those whose lives are shattered and broken, those struggling with depression and who suffer in mind or body. We pray for the homeless and the animals who are their companions. Draw near and comfort them in spirit and bless those who work to provide them with shelter, food and friendship. Healing God, give to those who are unwell or suffering all they need both physically and spiritually. Show us how to help them where we can and give them faith to look beyond their troubles. In a time of quietness, we think of all known to us in need of our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them. Give them comfort and hope when all seems lost. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. God of the Spirits, we remember before you those we have loved who once shared in our laughter and tears and who have reached the end of their earthly life. May all that was beautiful in their lives remain with us. Give them rest in your eternal kingdom where the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we thank you for the glory of your creation, for the dawn and sunset, the morning dew that freshens the flowers and the fields, long shadows at the end of a golden day. The tides of this world will keep changing, but the beauty of nature's chorus is a constant harmony 
that forever and always will be. Help us keep this treasure, your earth, safe from harm. Merciful Father, accept these prayers prayers for the sake of your your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, 
so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for nourishing us with these heavenly gifts. May our communion strengthen us in faith, build us up in hope, and make us grow in love. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.